Martin Yonason, I'm so, so happy to welcome you to Remaster. Uh, we've all been playing your magnificent masterpiece, Hold Down. And of course, you've been around for a while, but this is really totally and utterly destroyed us, man. I mean, we, we have been locked away, <laughs> hiding from people, playing this relentlessly, remorselessly in every conceivable situation. So a very warm welcome to you from us at Remaster and also all of our listeners. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. I, I guess I, sh- I should say sorry. <laughs> it seems you're not you're not coping too well with the game coping oh my god no i yeah i'm i don't care <laughs> yeah. i guess you and the game are doing fine just everything else is yeah, on fire absolutely yeah, yeah ev- everything else forget it <laughs> so um, martin for those of you who don't know you too well and that includes me i'm afraid to say i only know you by your reputation and your games from rimmed capsule am i pronouncing it correctly yeah that's when you first came to my attention and it was for me it was like out of nowhere but i guess a game like that does not come out of nowhere can you tell us uh what you'd worked on before whether that was actually your first game i find that hard to believe because it was so amazing in a way it was kind of, it was my first commercial like for sale game that i ever made uh and that was in 2013 so it's a long time ago now um depending on your preferred time scale i guess but it feels like I've, i'm starting to feel like old guard uh in this industry at least uh but i've been around like indie games much longer than that but never really made anything that made much of a splash before that uh used to make flash games back in back when that was a thing um mm and made my living of like consulting as a flash developer for like five or six years before I got into making Rim Capsule, which happily coincided with like the death of a flash. So I just transitioned into making video games full time, which is what I always wanted to do anyway. So it was very, very smooth transition and entirely just dumb luck. <laughs> I wish I could say I planned it, but there was no way. But having said that, um, I mean, you, you might you might say luck, and in fact, uh, a lot of people who really know what they're doing uh, credit luck a great deal more than perhaps they they should. Do you think that um, Flash going away has forced some of the developers, like yourself, into a more commercial space, or would you say? it was Flash that was commercial to begin with because, you know, there are so many developers out there who are amazing with Flash and then transition to um, to form not, not uh, I guess, not the majority, but certainly a very important um, subset of independent developers. Yeah, I think it, I think it happened to coincide, like the whole, like, indie thing, uh which like from my perspective started happening around 20 like 2008 2009 it sort of started taking off um for real and that was like the heyday of flash games as well and the portals and all that stuff uh you could actually get like a sponsorship for your game for like thousands of dollars uh, and the portals would just give the game away for free with ads in it, but they would pay you a bunch of money to have it on their website. Uh, and it was a strange 
couple of years because I don't think the economy ever really lined up. <laughs> I don't know where that money came from, but uh, it sort of started dying off. And I think for me, the transition to something like selling games on the App Store felt pretty good because I could I could sell my games directly to the players instead of having go to having to go through a portal um, like these big websites that would buy your games uh, and put them on there um, and oftentimes just butcher them with like oh we want ads and if we want this and you have to put links into this and that uh, so I'd carefully craft a game and then they would just do bad things to it <laughs> uh, so like the, the artist in me finds great pleasure in being able to put like the thing I have made 100% in control of the experience within the game, at least uh, on a store and people can buy it. And I can charge like two bucks, four bucks for it instead of having to go for a PC release where the expectation is maybe slightly bigger, slightly more expensive. Do you think you're going to move to uh, another platform at any point? Or do you think you're going to stick to iOS? I think the like the 12 year old kid in me really wants to make a console game. The 34 year adult that is me really doesn't want to make a console game. <laughs> what puts you off? Well, I I would I would have liked to have made a console game. I am not entirely sure that like certification and just like the paperwork and that entire process seems awful. Uh, I think it's much better than it used to be, uh, and it's probably getting better by the day, but it still seems like... I mean, putting things on the App Store is pretty straightforward by now, and I've done it a bunch of times as well, so like I know what to expect. Uh, but making a proper like console game would be... That would be nice. But I'm, I, I'll have to have an idea that works for that type of device first. And of the current crop of consoles out there... Which is the one that appeals to you the most? Again, the twelve-year-old boy in me—it's—it's it's Nintendo. Like it has to be the Switch. <laughs> um, but I guess it also depends on what type of game I would actually make. But the Switch is exciting for sure, and it—it it also feels the closest to uh, like a mobile device. Uh, it is a mobile device, but the closest to like a cell phone or a tablet. Um, so it feels kind of adjacent to that. Like it has the touchscreen. It has everything that a phone would have. So I could absolutely see porting my games to that, but I don't know if any of the ones I currently have are maybe a little bit too old and I don't know about hold down on the switch. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Well, you know, I've got a folder on my, um, on my iPhone, which is named after your trading name. And it's got three games in there. Have I got them all? Yep. So I've got Twofold Inc. as well. Tell me about Twofold Inc. I didn't play that an awful lot. I got it anyway. Um, <laughs> Thank you. But uh, you know, after after your your debut on iOS, there wasn't going to be a chance I was going to miss anything that you did. So tell me a bit about that. How did that come about? Well, it's like Imcapsule did really well, uh, well enough that like I had time to consider what I wanted to make next and not really stress out too much about it. So I just started making stuff. And I try explaining this to people who are not maybe creative, working with creative stuff or doing creative work. And they're like, that's great. You could do anything you want. And I'm like, yeah, but that's also terrifying. That's not what I want. <laughs> like, I need someone to tell me, like, it needs to be this and this and that and that. Uh, and it's such a, like, it feels like such a 
stupid thing to complain about. Like I could do anything I wanted and it was terrible, but it was kind of like that. And also like the first game did really well. It's like, I got to follow it up. Uh, but I also knew like, I want to make, I want to keep making games. So I guess I got to just make another one. Uh, and I tried some things and I canceled some things and then I was playing, are you familiar with 10 million? The puzzle no. game. It's it's it is called like one zero 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 zero. So, I mean, I made a game called Dream Capsule, so I shouldn't be complaining about names of games. But t it's ten million like in digits, uh, and it's uh, like a match three puzzler about earning ten million. You uh, <laughs> <laughs> also made a sequel called like you have to build a boat or something, which is. In very much in the same vein. Anyway, I was playing that and I was getting annoyed with the the matching. It's one of those sliding match three games. Uh, it's like I can I can probably do better. Like just that like the basic interaction of ma matching tiles. Uh, so complete hubris, by the way. Uh, but <laughs> I was like, I'm just gonna try it, and I started making a tile matching game, and I very quickly just immediately took another turn from that 10 million game. So my like twofold ink has very little to do with 10 million other than being on a grid. Um, maybe if, if that, um, and then I just explored that space of what's everyone else doing with like traditional puzzle games. And what if I didn't do that? Uh, and that involves a lot of, uh, Oh, I see why everyone's doing that type of reactions. <laughs> uh, so you know how, like, how every puzzler, like the match three games, they all have gravity, so the the play field sort of falls down. Yeah, there's a really good reason to have gravity because, like, you don't get the board doesn't get stale, so it gets replaced all over. And mm. at some point, I decided I'm not going to have gravity because I'm a unique snowflake, and I'm going to do things differently. So I made things very hard for myself, but I feel like I managed to sort of rein it in at the end and get some some type of cohesive game out of it. But it took a while. How long did it take you? A year and a half, I think. But we also had a, our first child during that time, so it was not exactly full time. Um, but still, Grim Capsule took a year, which is absurd. Mm. I got so lucky with that game, which is... <laughs> I know everything just fell into place uh, with twofold. It was a lot of aching and trying and failing, uh, and with hold down as well. A lot of trying things and realizing that's a bad idea, and having to go back and try things again. This episode of Remaster is brought to you by RX Bar. RX Bars are whole food protein bars with simple, real ingredients. They believe in being totally transparent, which is why all of their core ingredients are listed right there on the front of the packet. And they're real ingredients that you're going to recognize. They have egg whites for protein, dates to bind, nuts for texture, and other delicious ingredients like unsweetened chocolate, real fruit, and real spices like sea salt or cinnamon. Whether you like sweet or savory, chocolate or fruit flavors, there's definitely an RX bar for you. They come in 14 delicious flavors like chocolate chip, coconut salt, blueberry, or even maple sea salt. RX bars are gluten-free, soy-free, and dairy-free, with none of that bad stuff like artificial coloring, artificial flavors, preservatives, or 
fillers. They're amazing for breakfast on the go, snack at the office to push you through your 3 p.m. slump, something to throw in your bag for the airplane, tossing in your backpack for a bike ride, or maybe even a pre- or post-work snack. Try them out for yourself now, and for 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com remaster and enter the promo code remaster at checkout. That is rxbar.com remaster and enter the promo code remaster. Our thanks to RxBar for their support of this show and Relay FM. No surprise, I really want to focus on Hold Down because, the, you know, I, I'm a ruthless guy when it comes to playing games. Here's how ruthless I am. I have actually um, had 10 million on my phone at some point because I just went to the app store to have a look. I must have downloaded it and deleted it and forgotten it. And, you know, it was my job for a long time to commission games. And so, you know, I, I became extremely ruthless. I'm not proud of it because it means you don't appreciate games the same way. It's like very much like a music A&R person who yeah. who finds it very difficult to appreciate music without going, oh, this is wrong, that needs fixing, this needs improving, you need to do this, <laughs> that, and the other. You know, you're always in this crazy critical mode. But with Hold Down, it never came. Not once. And that is, for me, extremely rare. Some of the games that I really love, I have some level of resistance somewhere. And I found it nowhere. I got to the point where I was at the sun level, and I'd got about, yeah. I don't know, a quarter, maybe a third of the way down, maybe even half. I, I can't remember. It was a long way down. And I thought, I've got everything I wanted to get out of this game. I love it. I'm happy. I'm done. I can ask no more. Complete satisfaction all the way to that point. Wow. And that, that only happens in a game where every single interaction, every sequence... Every aspect of progression, every aspect of the user interface, of the user experience, has it's not it's not come out a perfect jewel. It has been refined. You know, you you found a, a few rough diamonds here and there, and then you have polished and polished and polished. And there are so many tiny touches of polish and thought. Uh, I wanted to ask you, you know, because we could spend the whole. Uh, chat talking about just the aspects of polish in hold down i'd like you to tell me what was your favorite thing that you did that you don't think many people picked up on or just a few people noticed i don't know about favorite but one of the things that i get really i have had a few people that noticed it but i am messing with the collisions the collisions aren't correct actually uh, have you that's know- what I loved. That's what I loved about it, man. I mean, the collisions is when like cheaty things happen, like stuff like like a ball getting through these tiny gaps. I knew it wasn't meant to go through that gap. Right. I'm, you know? I'm actually it- not doing that. So like there's really? the, there's the peggle thing of like looking forward and being like, what's the best angle I can, so I yeah. can like fudge it a little bit to make it. I'm not doing that. I could have, but I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but the thing I'm doing, and this is going to get maybe a little bit technical, but bear with me. So in a collision, there's there are two angles involved. Like there's the incoming angle of the ball and there's the angle of the wall that it's colliding with. Um, and I am, because I wanted the rounded corners so that you could sneak in between things. Um, but I didn't want, so the rounded corners adds a whole bunch of uh, like chaos basically to the system because it's so, so if you imagine shooting at one of these rounded corners like basically from any direction as you sort of move the the aiming line across that semicircle it sort of sweeps the 
like the, the the angle the ball would be reflected at makes like a big sweep. Uh, and that's fine for one collision, but then it's like a second and a third and a fourth. And so it really quickly gets really like unpredictable. So what I'm doing is that I'm rounding off the, uh, the it's as if the walls or the, the corners on the pieces were 45 degree cutoffs. So that's why it's really easy to make, like if you shoot at something straight from above, like straight down on a corner, yeah. it will always yep. go sideways. Man, I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> and the the like the incoming angle of the ball is still can still be whatever. So it's not yeah. perfectly uh, predictable, but it's more predictable. And it seems like game developers pick up on it because they know that something's going on. I think it's just like I don't know they <laughs> they've coded enough. Uh, I did notice you go straight down; it will come straight across, and that saved my butt so many times. <laughs> but Having said that, you still got the angled plays when you're not completely straight on. It doesn't feel like you're you've you've um, you set it to forty five degrees when you're not coming straight down. Uh, well, it does, but it the the incoming angle of the ball is still like that could be whatever. Right, right. So it will still bounce a little bit. Like it still makes most mostly makes sense. Like it's still predictable for you as the player, but it's sort of tones down the the chaos of the system a little bit uh and it ended up it was one of those like well i'll just try it and see what happens and it ended up working so well how long did it take you to get that right until you were happy with it that particular thing worked almost straight away like in a in a game design sense but what i'm doing is that i'm not using the real-time physics it's it's made in unity by the way uh so it's using the 2d physics in unity uh, but it's not real time, so it's ray costing, like basically calculating beforehand right, where right. where is this ball going to collide, uh, which lets me do stuff like the slow motion in a predictable sense because when the balls are in the air, it's essentially playing an animation, like it knows where they're going to collide one, a second from now, uh, mm. so I can slow them down and do a bunch of trickery. But that involved, since I'm rounding off the normals, I am now breaking the physics engine. It shouldn't be bouncing like that. So I had a bunch of issues where it would round the normal, like the collision angle, basically. Uh, it's mm. called the normal for anyone who's not super into <laughs> physics engines. Uh, but it would round the collision so that instead of bouncing out of the block, the ball would bounce into the block and just get stuck in there. And you can you can still get it to happen like once in a blue moon in the game. And I'm not going to tell you how, but it's it's possible to get it to get the ball stuck in a block and it will just go and then the block will go away. Uh, so it's, it's one of those, like, it's not terrible if it happens because it's kind of cool. Uh, but I didn't want it to be like an actual strategy for, for beating things. So I had to make sure it was very, very rare. And that took a lot of doing... Um, which I brought upon myself because the physics engine, like it's a simulation. And once you start doing things that are not in line with the simulation, you are on your own. <laughs> but yeah, I'm really happy with that. That turned out super well. Yeah, I'm, I, I have to say, I'm actually surprised that you're using as much of the Unity physics as you are because it did seem so crafted. But it sounds like using a combination of both, your own techniques, you're using raycasts and yeah. your fudging angles and so on. Yeah, I'm basically using the Unity for collision detection. Right. And the rest of it I'm doing myself. Yeah. Uh, and the balls are also, like, because it's an animation, I can make them so that their movement isn't really 
they're not moving at a fixed speed. They're speeding up like the entire time, which I'm sure you've noticed. They're going faster yes. and faster. Uh, but they also stop a little bit whenever they collide, um, yeah. which just makes it look nice. It's sort of like punchy and tasty. And that would have been really hard to do if I was using the physics properly. Right, but I'm not, right. so I can do whatever I want, which is very nice. It's um, like the, the stop frame when you hit something in a 2D fighter, right? Yeah. Uh, which I'm like me and JW, uh, who's uh, like the game designer at Flambeer. He loves the stop frames. I hate them because I like <laughs> I used to be a Flash developer. And Flash is garbage collected, right? So every now and then, the, yeah. just the world in the game, like everything stops. It finds all the memory <laughs> that you're not using and deletes it. So to me, it's like oh, it's like the game is hitching, like it's doing something bad. Uh, yeah. So I'm just allergic to those stops. Like slow motion is fine because it's still yeah. like it's still moving, but I would. I would not put like a frame freeze thing in ever, I don't think. Um. <laughs> the slow-mo was amazing in Hold Down. Um, you slowed the audio down as well. And that, yeah. that seemed just, I mean, the audio I have to make a special comment on is absolutely delicious everywhere. That is that is my sound designer and good friend, Nicholas, who, who did all that. And he's just a wizard. It's incredible. Uh, and he made most of the most of the sound effects for everything is made on his analog synthesizer that he's built mm. himself. It's one of those with it looks kind of like one of those old fashioned telephone, like it has the patch cables and everything. It's right, it's, modular, right? Yeah, and it's so much fun to play with. I can't play music whatsoever, but I can I can patch up some strange thing on that synthesizer. It's a ton of fun, and he spent like two years and amounts large amounts of money building it so it's great having <laughs> like having access to it but don't actually have to maintain it so it's great but you had, you had juice in the sound everywhere i mean including in in the user interface everything that came up had its own sound and slight flavor on that sound as well yeah it's like you, you sweated every detail so what we do is i just i just put hooks in for basically everything and then right. we're using um this is getting really technical, but whatever. Uh, we're using FMOD, like the the audio engine that I have. I haven't used it before, but it's great because I could just set things up beforehand and then I just hand it off to him, and he can tweak things on his own and like make them be like random pitch variations and like all kinds of very complicated things. Uh, but most of the time, I just hook it up beforehand and then I go over to his place um, and just sit behind him drinking coffee. Uh, and watching him work um mm. it's just pretty great i just provide him with coffee and whatever he needs and he <laughs> makes it sound good yeah coffee would make me happy too and we weren't we weren't going to do the the slowdown on the the audio at first because it seemed too complicated and then like two weeks before i started like feature freezing the game like not adding more stuff basically two months before launch maybe i uh i was like maybe i should try it and then i hooked it up in like an afternoon and made everything just slow down uh and i think you can still like if you if you do it right you can make the make everything slow down and go into the menu and the menu will be in slow motion as well so <laughs> i think i i think i fixed most of those bugs but it might still be possible to get into the menu in slow motion i'm gonna try all this now yeah <laughs> So I, I got to ask you when you'd finished this masterpiece. Wow, thank you. Uh, it is for me. I, I I'm sure a lot of people agree. I, I I'd have to show you some of the mentions on my timeline, 
where people have said, oh, yeah, I tried this game. You're absolutely right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> totally freaking out about it on Twitter. And everyone who's got it completely agrees. And of course, I'm not the only one. There are proper luminaries out there who've given the game enormous respect. And uh, none of it, I think, is over the top. But I got to ask you, as the person who made this game, when you'd finished it, did you think you'd created something special? I think, well, well I'm in the, okay, let me, let me put it this way. I'm in the situation where Dream Capsule did pretty well. Twofold did also pretty well. Uh, so, like, I'm not super rushed for time. So if I don't think it's, if I hadn't thought the game was something special, like actually good, I wouldn't have released it. Um, but special to me is one thing and special to everyone else is another thing. Uh, mm. So I, I was confident in the game when I was releasing it, but I was also very aware that being like having made something that you think is good and that you are confident in isn't really indicative of a game doing well or not. Cause everyone who's ever made a game and released it were, or not everyone, but like, it's a pretty common thing to make something that you feel is great releasing it and nobody cares. So how did you feel when, when people like Adam and Rami and Zach were praising your game so visibly and so highly? It's weird. <laughs> it's very nice. It's a very, because I really respect their work. So having them say something nice about something that I've made is, uh, is really great. And I really appreciate it. And it also makes me aware if I sh if, if that I should praise others, the work of others more as well. Because um, I don't think I do that enough. So I'm like, I should, I should also be a person that praises other people's work more because it's very nice to hear from someone. Are you going to put uh, God tier mobile game on your bio now? <laughs> maybe, maybe I should. I haven't put any, any press quotes on the website. Maybe I should just put that. Um, that was spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, I noticed bits and pieces of other games um, in Holdown which I don't think is a surprise. Everything has a lineage. I I got to know from you though, because your lineage is probably very very different to um, to many other people's. Would you say there were any specific games you took as inspiration, even if there are only certain aspects of them for Holdown? Well, there are two parts to that. So, like about a year ago, it was uh, like the summer of a game called Balls. B A double L C. Yeah or said i i don't know which type of english we're talking but uh <laughs> so it's a ball bouncing game. it's very similar to hold out uh and yeah. i would be lying if i hadn't like i saw that game time passed i was like i'm gonna make a game kind of like that but i don't know hubris again better because uh, it, it felt like it was really interesting but it also wasn't really doing it felt like, oh, this can be really great if you actually put some time into it. And having that, like the feeling of playing like Arkanoid or something, and when you get the ball in kind of behind mm. the blocks at the top and have it just bounce around, it's like, what if the game was just that? Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> what if you just had cake for food every day? <laughs> uh, and then trying to make it work be like okay i want to like i want to add a couple of layers on this rather like basic 
premise of a game. Um, so yeah, I mean, balls is definitely a thing that I saw before I made this. Um, and when people call my game a clone, I get a little bit sad and they're also, I guess a little bit right. Um, but I also feel like I, I have no, I feel like I am entirely on the right side of the line with, with Holdout. Yeah, I've got to agree. There are going to be out-and-out clones. That's one thing. But to be inspired by other games and to take them further in one respect and draw inspiration from another is totally not just legitimate, but it's it's how art moves forward in any field or if you want to call it entertainment, it's how entertainment moves forward in, in any field, really. So, yeah, I'd, I'd ignore those people. Yeah, and it's like, eventually that's what a genre is. Like first-person shooters, we're all right. Doom clones or Wolfenstein clones at some point. Right. And it, it's sort of diversified, but you can't really be <laughs> Imagine the... Imagine <laughs> the people who made a Call of Duty, right? Yeah doom clone uh you can't really be like the first guy to make a copy of something and be like it's a genre now that's kind of an asshole move so i'm not i'm not gonna claim that but it's like mm. it's if you extend the like the the perspective a little bit that's where you end up i don't know how the ball bouncing genre is gonna it's gonna pan out but i i'm glad i got in early i think this special episode of Remaster is also brought to you by Squarespace. They will let you make your next move online. Make your next move with Squarespace. Come on, do that move. Make it with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea, project, event, well, no matter what it is, Squarespace has all the tools you're going to need. You're going to need a domain name so people know where to go. Squarespace can help you register that. You're going to need to take advantage of beautiful award-winning templates so when they get to your website, they're going to see something that looks and works wonderfully. Squarespace will help you with that. Maybe you're going to need an online store or a portfolio or a blog, or maybe you're going to need a music player, or maybe you're going to need map information. It doesn't matter what you need. Squarespace has all of the tools. They're an all-in-one platform that will let you take advantage of all of this stuff backed up with 24-7 customer support. You don't have to worry about anything with Squarespace. They have got you covered down to everything. No need to install anything. You don't have to worry about patching anything or worrying about upgrades. Squarespace take care of everything for you so you don't have to. This is why I have used Squarespace for countless projects over the last 10 years. Squarespace plans start at just $12 a month, but you can sign up for a trial today and get deep within Squarespace and customize to your heart's content and get everything ready, just go to squarespace.com slash remaster and you can sign up for that trial. No credit card required to do so. Then when you want to push your website out to the world, you want to sign up for a plan. And if you use the code remaster at checkout, you will get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash remaster and the code remaster to get 10% off your first purchase. Our thanks to Squarespace for their continued support of this show. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website. I got to ask you, as someone who's done this three times successfully on a very big stage, what is the hardest thing about making video games for you? Oh, it's so like, there are stages to it, I think. There's, there's the like coming up with the idea like figuring out like what is it i want to make is it going to be good enough uh is this something i really want to spend like two years or however long time making uh that's like one type of terror 
that sort of haunts you. And then it's like, oh, will I like? Was this a good decision? Like as you transition into actually making the game, there's like a brief honeymoon period where like this is the best idea I've ever had. Oh my god, it's going to be so great! It's going to be done like next week. Oh my god!、Uh, and then reality hits, and you're like, oh no, can I can I even do this? Was this a good idea? Have I spent three months on some like wild goose chase that led nowhere? And just like the grunt work of of making the thing and being like, this is going to be done at some point in the future. But I'm at least the way I just make games, I'm not really sure when it's going to be done because I I don't really know what I'm making because I'm figuring it out as I'm doing it, which is、mm. awful for planning,、um, not great.、Uh, But it also it's also very sort of agile, and you can figure out what it is you're making as you're as you're making it. Because、um, even if you admit it or not, that's kind of what you're always doing with creative endeavors, I think.、Uh, and then once that terrible phase is over, you enter into like the finishing, like all that dreary, boring work that you've pushed ahead of you this entire time. Like oh that. Annoying bug, and oh, I don't know. Properly saving, making sure the save file doesn't get corrupted, and like all that stuff, you have to do that. So that's also really boring. And then comes launching, which is also terrifying because there's <laughs> there's there's no.、Uh, you can always do more. Like it doesn't end. You can send. A thousand emails, and you can always send another thousand emails. You can always like <laughs> call people up and bother them an extra time, make an extra trailer. There's this this endless pit of of work you can put into, and then it's out, and then you got to support the thing. So it's it's basically awful the entire way. <laughs> <laughs> so why do you do it? I don't. the The analogy I, I like to use, like, is I, I have these like games rattling around in my head, and they have to come out, and I have no say in the matter. It just has to happen,、uh, and I do enjoy it. I do massively enjoy making things look nice and feel nice,、um, and making a game and be like, oh, you want to try it, and just handing your phone off to someone, and then just have them. Disappear for thirty minutes. You're like, I kind of want my phone back,、uh, <laughs> but it's, it's that that is sort of what makes it all worthwhile, I think.、Uh, and it's such a such an incredible privilege to be able to do this because this is what I do like full time,、mm. um, and I I'm very worried I will never have like a regular job again because I think I'm just spoiled rotten. <laughs> You know, earlier you mentioned JW. Yep. And you were also talking about potentially giving feedback to other people and supporting other people's work. What would you say was the best piece of advice any developer ever gave you? That's a really tricky question. I don't know if I can if I can come up with like one piece of especially game development related. Doesn't even have to be game development related. In fact, doesn't even have to be a game developer who gave you the advice. <laughs> okay, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna fall back on like a, like a generic piece of of good advice that I heard、yeah. at some point, and I don't know who said it even. So,、uh, but it's like I I was preparing a talk for something, and like they gave you they give you like a forty five minute time slot, and I am. 
no one basically has anything that is interesting enough to warrant talking about for 45 minutes in one go at a conference. I that is my <laughs> that is my thesis, I suppose. Um, but I was like, oh shit, how am I gonna I'm gonna fill up this 45 minute time slot? And this this mysterious advice giver was like, think about all the times you went to a talk and you thought, oh man, I wish it was longer. Uh, and I realized that has never, ever happened in the history of time. Uh, <laughs> so if you have a 45-minute time slot, you can just do 25 minutes and go, okay, that's it. And nobody will feel like they've been ripped off or anything. It's just when, you're, when your thing's done, you just stop. And actually bringing it back to game development, that was an issue I had with Rimd Capsule. Uh, I felt like it was too short. Um, and I tried some stuff to like extend because if you're really good at it, you can you can clear the game like you can beat the game on your first round, uh, which probably takes about 45 minutes. Uh, and that's a bit on the short side. Um, but I tried a bunch of stuff and none of it made the game any better. So I was like, I guess this is a 45 minute game. Fine. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I think weirdly that made people like it more because they ran out of game before they ran out of fun yeah um so they were like oh man this game was so good i remember how good it is because because i stopped playing it when i still liked it yeah. um which is one of the reasons why i was hesitant to put like the so at the end of hold down you unlock the the black hole which is an endless level infinite level yeah yeah or is it um <laughs> but, well that's uh, it that's it i'm uh, i'm done now i gotta go go and find the event horizon and and get sucked in and see if what you've teased is true or not <laughs> so always leave people wanting more basically yeah rather than wishing you'd stopped earlier but then i put the the endless level in there so people will get like they'll stop playing it when they're really tired of it and i yeah. i'm not sure that was a smart move it might have been i don't know it's in there now, uh, and people seem to like it. So, yeah. I I mean, the, the interesting thing I got, okay, was there were there were people on my timeline saying I love it, but it's too short, and then there were other people saying um, I I love it, and I wish there was more. Yeah, and I think some of the people who said the former actually meant the latter. Yeah, I think so too. What's your feeling on the length of games and and the whole value equation? Well. I now have two kids and a house and I try playing like AAA games. <laughs> There's no way. Like, like mm. I have, I'm just, I can, I can do like eight or nine hours on a game. Maybe, maybe. And it, that will take me like two months to scrape together those hours. Uh, so like I'm, when games end, I'm just like, so great i can be like oh i saw the thing i have played it uh, i can move on with my life uh so i do like games that have um some ending or some sort of like finite experience um and then maybe you can play them again uh because extending the like making games a lot of work so like you want to you want to squeeze out as much as fun out of it as possible as a developer as well. But um, I'm not super keen on like the hundred plus hour type experiences. Mm. I suspect that's one of the reasons why so many have 
have loved Hold Down so much. I mean, me in particular. Um, but there are a lot of people I spoke to, not so publicly, who said, "You know what? I like it because it doesn't go on forever." Of course, they hadn't they hadn't got to the black <laughs> hole, but uh, you know, they saw the experience in front of them, and that yeah. was enough, and they all seemed satisfied with it. I had I had yeah. wanted to put like an like an actual ending in there, like some little cutscene or some little thing that happened once you beat the the sun, but mm. I didn't have time, and it didn't feel like something that important. But I did. Yeah. want to have it in there as some kind of like you you did it you beat it um and then to make it even clearer that that black hole is like an optional thing you can do at the end yeah um but yeah it's not in there so no but i think anyone who plays it knows that it's obvious that people who you know who who were on my timeline were were kind of saying yeah well you know that's goes on and on and on and there's there's no real endings i i think they're completely missing the point yeah um it should be very obvious to you that that's the whole point of it that this is your your bonus and so on and because i'd heard about this because i'd heard about the endless level i decided when i'd had enough and i was not dissatisfied i was wholly satisfied i got everything i wanted to get out about all the satisfaction all of the joy all of you know all of the touches and little bits of polish that i wanted to enjoy i got out of it it's just just wonderful. So, you know, bef before I shower you with even more praise, um, you are now head of uh, customer operations at Slack HQ. Wow, that right? sounds like a lot of work. And you have only one job for the day, <laughs> and that is to put a message, a startup message in the Slack of every developer in the world. What do you put in there? If it... It was programmers. I'd probably be like, it doesn't matter if it's pretty, um, or something like that. Because I, 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 I like, I like the pretty code. I like it to be like nice and tidy and proper. But I also know that it doesn't really matter. Most of it is going to work just as fine. And if it's broken, you just go back and fix it. And if it works, it works. And you don't probably won't need to touch it again um so it'd be like it's like it's fine don't don't overdo it it'll work just as well it's pretty a bit over long for a slack startup message but <laughs> that's okay you're it doesn't have to be pretty <laughs> yeah like the inside like nobody cares what's going on on the inside as long as it looks like it's nice it's nice is the hold down code nice it is pretty nice I do have, I, I put cloud saves in and I guess I didn't really do it correctly because people are having a bunch of issues with them. Uh, so that code is not nice, I guess, because it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few quick fire questions because I'm conscious I've taken up a lot of your valuable time. So what do you think? And this is a terrible thing to ask you to give me a quick answer on, but what's the worst <laughs> thing about the industry right now and how would you fix it? Uh, I think the worst thing about the industry right now is this uh, developers are a little bit afraid to, to take a stance and be like, we're not going to put up with this whole ethics in video game journalism uh, type issue of, of players demanding things from game developers and game developers sometimes maybe not telling them to get bent and go away uh, which i feel like they deserve 
uh, quite a bit of the time. So I think a bit more of uh, stance taking from uh, game developers, particularly large ones, and particularly maybe protecting their um, their workers a little bit more would be be a nice change of pace. What's better about the industry now compared to when you made Room to Capsule? I think it's bigger. It's more diverse. Still a bunch of white dudes, mostly, but it's getting better by the day. It, I think in give it like two or three hundred years, and it might be might be pretty <laughs> good. Um, but I'm I'm hopeful for the future. Um, I, I guess I'm not helping by being part of the industry, being very much white dude. But it's getting there. I wish it went faster. And finally, what is your Desert Island iOS game? Oh, I was going to... So it's a... <laughs> it's one of those... It's a, it's a really old game. I got I to gotta search for it. But it's basically a, a tower defense game for... Uh, I'm, I'm guessing the, the game I would bring with me when I'm like all alone on a, on a deserted island. That is what we're going for. Yeah? Yep. Yeah. Um, it's a, a tower defense game. But it looks kind of like uh, Geometry Wars. I think it's just knocking off the Geometry Wars graphics. And I've played that game for basically 100 hours. Uh, but it's also probably 10 years old at this point. So I can't remember <laughs> what it's called. It's, is it Geodefense? It might be Geodefense. It is Geodefense. A 2008 Tower <laughs> Defense game. Yes, that's the one. That's the one I'm bringing. I'm going to download that. I hope that still works because I'm going to download that yeah. tonight and just go back at it. Awesome. Many hours spent in that game. <laughs> Martin, it has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for bringing Hold Down to the world. And uh, long, long may you continue. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you.